Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. I heard a really interesting way to explain a concept that I have thought about a lot in my life. And I really liked the vocabulary that this person on Instagram used. And the person who I heard use this terminology is Phil Good. His Instagram handle is at Phil Good Life. And he just is a very interesting, wise person who speaks a lot on living life authentically and deconditioning all of these preconceived ideas we have about ourselves. That's a very, very vague brief summary of him because he does so much more. But today specifically, we wanted to talk a little bit about what it means to live a life through societal intentions versus your own personal intentions. And Those two phrases really connected for me. And I think what I've been trying to do personally over these past few years is to really get in touch with my own personal intentions and to live life through those intentions and not intentions that society has my entire life told me I should be living by or should be living in this way. Dominique, I'm curious if these terms connect for you in any way or what your general thoughts are about them. First off, I'm a huge fan of Phil. I can get lost in listening to his videos on Instagram because like you said, he just has so many amazing, powerful nuggets of wisdom that he shares. And 100%, I completely have been in that same space over the years. And I think, well, I know that's a lot of why we started this podcast because of our own conversations we had on our regular Zoom calls, whenever we were meeting up for accountability, we would just go down these rabbit holes of like, why do we feel this way? Because society says so, well, how do we really feel? So this has also been why we say, let's step outside the box and why we also like to drive home the importance of even what we share with the Enneagram, with human design, that it is not a system to label you as anything. You are a sovereign human being. You are you. And these tools are simply meant for you to discover more of yourself. And for me, over the years, seeing how the school system functions, the healthcare system, and all these other systems that really label us as certain things, that's been a huge part of the work I've done on myself. And I know you and I just love conversations and sharing the things that we've had to work through and we've struggled through within our personal lives. So I think this is a wonderful topic for discussion. That's for sure. 
Yeah. And just to clarify what we mean by societal intentions versus personal intentions, I want to definitely make it clear that I am not judging, we are not judging in any way, any of these societal intentions. The whole point, I think, is for us to all be a little more neutral about all of them. And each person needs to examine for themselves which of these intentions we want to have in our lives and which ones wouldn't serve us. So, for example, some societal intentions that a lot of people take part in because they don't think there's another choice may be things like getting married, having kids, buying a house, working Monday through Friday, eight to five, 50 weeks a year if you're in the United States cultural traditions that we all partake in without giving much thought to it. And it's just because that's the way it's always been done. That's the way my family always did it. And so just taking a step back and looking at these things that when you're a kid being raised, you just think this is what adulthood is about. This is what all adults do. And this is what I'm going to do someday. And then once you become an adult, realizing, wait, I'm completely free to decide all of these things for myself. And I think a lot of people maybe skip past that realization and just get caught in the inertia of life and just do these things without even knowing if it's aligned for them or if they want these things. And I'm not saying people shouldn't want these things, but there's no way 100% of people want these things. Yeah, for sure. And I know like you and I are super passionate about sharing our thoughts on this because we've been there, done that. And like you said, by no means are we saying this is the wrong way to live or think, but also just offering another way to look at how you might be living your life. And I say it quite often as human beings, we are hardwired for connection, for belonging. And so, of course, we are going to want to follow along. Of course, we're going to want to build safety in our groups or communities. It's absolutely necessary. However, I myself was someone who got lost in identifying as like a group within society. I didn't have myself. I lost my own identity, partially because... It was something that I never was fully taught to identify like, hey, it's okay if you believe this or if you feel this way, that's allowed. It's okay. It's natural, normal. We all have, of course, our protective mechanisms too from past experiences. And if belonging is a strong need, like it was for me, then course, it's going to be a lot harder to identify what you believe, what you want, what's your definition. And that again is 100% okay. But I feel like, especially now, more and more people are becoming aware to the importance of being individual, having your group, your community, but the power in being you and showcasing you is giving others the courage to do the same thing, to step into their authentic self, their true values. And with that, I see this shift with society being, like you were saying, Carrie, like we want to be more neutral. We want to be more accepting to, hey, you're different from me. That's great. 
I still want to be your friend. I still want to know who you are because differences are beautiful. And that's why I think that I'm super excited to start seeing more of this shift in society and the work that we do and what we talk about here on the podcast. You just said something that really clicked for me and I wanted to add on to it that we aren't saying that these societal norms or intentions or traditions, whatever you want to call them, are wrong in any way. But the dangerous part that has persisted for years and years and years in our society is people have thought that they're right, that this is the right way to do things. We're not saying they're wrong, but we're also not saying it's the only right way to live mm -hmm. life. And I think that's where we need more people to be more open and accepting to other options, whether it's for themselves or for their loved ones or just for strangers. We have a tendency in this country to want to police everyone to live yeah. life how we want them to live when it has no impact on us. And I think also too understanding that what we don't understand, we fear. And so if I'm someone who just doesn't understand where you're coming from and why you think a certain way, it's a lot easier for me to be very uncomfortable with that fact. But this is where I believe curiosity is so important and so powerful. Get curious about why you maybe feel that your way is the right way or why you feel some sort of negative feeling about somebody else's thoughts or ideas or way of doing things. And not only getting curious about that, but getting curious about what I want to know more about their thought and idea. So maybe I can understand it, make sense of it, and not fear it as much that way. So when there's something we're just not familiar with, our nervous systems are going to automatically put us on alert. But number one is the awareness that this happens naturally because of our hardwiring. And we get to choose what we want to do with that level of discomfort that might arise for us. And over the years, I've learned to identify it because I am aware that this is something completely normal. But then I allow myself to go into a state of curiosity so that I can learn alongside this individual or this idea that is throwing me off a little bit. One thing that I love about human design is that it's a system that is not meant to tell you who you are at all. It is not meant to label you as a projector, as a manifesting generator, whatever your energy type is. It is meant to bring you the awareness that we are all energetic beings and our energy is going to affect us differently in our lives. And we always have choice with how we want to use it and not use it. And we also have specific themes that we're going to experience within our lives. For me, I have a strong theme of struggle, working through challenges, working through struggle, not allowing it to defeat me, and also strong theme of self-worth. And there's a lot of different ways I can go. I can go at that low end or I can go to the high end. And now that I'm more aware of these things and I'm more aware of my sensitivity, I have less shame and judgment for myself around it. I can be more compassionate towards myself and towards others because I know that Everyone else is going to be so different and going through their own struggles and challenges. Let me learn about it. Teach me about it. Tell me about it so I can better understand you 
as a human being, whoever you might be out there. And when we speak about personal intentions, the converse of societal intentions, what we mean are what are our own created realities based around our authentic selves. For example, defining what love is for yourself. We've been highly, highly conditioned that love is between a man and a woman, and it's only two people, only a couple. And that has started to break down over the past few years, thankfully, that people are a lot more open to all kinds of love between humans. And it doesn't have to look like this traditional man-woman marriage system that has been in place for hundreds of years. That's just one example. You can break this down for yourself with anything. So defining what your own partnership or partnerships in your life may look like, celebrating cultural traditions that align better for you, and maybe letting go of some of the other ones. One for Dominique and I that we speak a lot about is working, how we work, working best for our alignment. We've been taught that working 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, in these really traditional scheduled work hours that don't fluctuate and don't fluctuate for our different cycles throughout the month as women or don't fluctuate for our energy or seasons or whatever it may be. And we've always just thought this is the only way to do it. Let's not question it. And luckily, people are starting to question it now. And it's really been eye opening for a lot of us. I am so excited about that too, that more and more people are starting to question that because it's hard to at least feel like you're one of the few that just doesn't want to drink the Kool-Aid or that yes. thinks that, you know what, there's a better way to do things and this could be it, but not many people are going to be at that thought as quickly as we would like. But now, like you said, we're starting to see more and more people grab hold of the idea of less work, more play, but also working on the right things. So you're not just wasting time on pointless tasks. You're really honing in on what are the top things that are going to make the biggest movement or step forward for you. And I think that's the important thing about work in general is we give ourselves way more than we really need to because we're trying to fill time. And I also love how you brought up the idea of love and the definition of it. When you think about it, language, words, they're all neutral concepts until we give a definition to it. And when I stop to think about it, because it's something we discuss a lot in quantum human design, the power of language, the frequency that it carries. And love is one of the greatest frequencies and it's limitless. Why do we limit it to particular genders, numbers? And again, that goes along with what we're talking about, the personal and societal intentions. And so this is, again, where we get to create our own definition and we get to start to cultivate the change in the world that we're desiring to see and be a part of just by how we start to shift our own ideas and definitions. You're so right. And bringing this topic back around to how it can relate to the Enneagram, there is a triadic grouping that this whole idea might be uncomfortable for and and they might have a little bit more difficulty wanting to live through personal
personal intentions because they greatly value rules and norms and a structure with which to live by. And that grouping is the dependent or sometimes called the compliant types. And this is called the Hornivian triad or sometimes it's called the stances. And the three types in this triadic grouping are type one, type two, and type six. And each of these types looks to structure in a bit of a different way, but nevertheless, they all look towards some sort of structure or expectations outside of themselves of knowing if they're meeting the expectations or standards set forth to them by others, essentially. I happen to be a part of this triadic grouping, and I'm always noticing this within myself of how much I have given my power away toward societal rules and norms to understand and to know what is right and what is wrong and what is good and what is bad. And undoing all of that, it's still a work in progress. Learning this piece for me has been really eye-opening, really powerful, and it's a part of me that didn't feel right. I have always felt very comfortable living within a set of rules, and I still live within a lot of rules for myself, but I'm learning to let the ones that absolutely do not serve me go and trying to feel more comfortable with letting go of some other rules that maybe feel scary to let go of. Absolutely. And I feel like we're always going to be working towards releasing or trying to release the things that just aren't serving us. And I'm curious, Carrie, because the type one is yourself and that's kind of what you're speaking to right now. With me being a nine, and I know we talk a little bit about the wings also. So how does that play into if I was a nine and sometimes kind of shift that one? Is it not as strong as a behavior of mine maybe? Is the letting go of the rules or how does that play out? Yeah. It's more of a wing. Good question. So the wings are the numbers in the Enneagram diagram. They're the numbers on either side of your core type. So for Dominique being a nine, eight is on one side of the nine and one is on the other. So she's speaking about that. And I think you feel like you have a little bit of a stronger of a one wing. Yeah, than an yeah eight wing. I do. I do. So some people feel like their wings are completely balanced. Some people don't identify with either of their wings. And most people lean towards one. And what that means is it means Dominique's always going to be a nine. Her core type doesn't change. There's so many great visualizations you can do to describe wings. A good way that I've used to describe it to clients is like your type is your main dish and your wings are salt and pepper. Some people like to add a ton of salt and pepper to their dish. Some people don't want to add any. Some people just want salt. Some people just want pepper. So your wings are like these flavorings that doesn't change the main dish, but it changes how the main dish tastes. So for you, Dominique, you're going to be a nine with some one-ish to your nine-ness. Yeah. You tend to not need as much societal reassurance as a one, but- you can definitely relate to like feeling mm -hmm. comfortable with a little structure, wanting some systems in your life to give you guidance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I love how you gave the analogy with the salt and pepper and the flavor. And yep, absolutely. Because yeah, I do see that desire to look toward some sort of rules or systems or the norms in order to feel a little bit more comfortable at times. That's a great way to explain the difference between the wings. A lot of people get really confused by the wings 
and think a wing can be any of the numbers that you mm -hmm. think you identify with, but it's rigid in the structure that your wing can only be on either side of your number. I know over the years that I've learned about the Enneagram, that has been an area of slight confusion for me. And when we're talking about this as a way to better identify how you may be holding on to conditioning, I think that's something really powerful to clarify for people. So that's awesome. And we have control over them. If you are someone who feels really identified with one of your wings and cannot relate to the other, you can try to lean into that wing a little bit more. I can definitely relate to that. I'm a type one. I really have a strong nine wing and I rarely see a two wing in me, but there's no reason I can't try to lean into cultivating some of those more healthy two characteristics or traits. Yeah. Kind of like with human design, just because if you don't have a gate highlighted, that doesn't mean you don't have it. All of the chart is important. All of the archetypes of what it is to be a human being is important to have some flavor within your life. So you gain more wisdom of this human experience. And yeah, that's what I absolutely love about the Enneagram as well. And so with everything we've shared in this episode, what are some great takeaways that you think are really important for our listeners, Carrie, when we're talking about how to better identify these personal versus societal intentions that we all have? I think this is going to sound simple, but it's anything but simple. Because most of us don't take the time to do this. Most of us feel like we don't have the time to do this. But I think if each of us can take a really good, hard look at our lives and really think about, and you can either internally process this or you can write it out, you can type it out, you can do whatever works best for you, but determine what really feels good in your life. What is in alignment? What would you not change because it serves you so well and you know it's serving your higher self? And then what doesn't? What feels like a total drag? What feels like it's draining energy from you and you just dread it? And honestly, try to lessen the things that you dread and try to fill your life with more things that are in alignment. And obviously, there are things all of us have to do every day of our lives that we don't love doing. We all have to take care of our bodies and our homes in ways that maybe aren't the most fun for us, but we know it's for our higher alignment. But then there are these things that maybe we tell ourselves we have to do when we absolutely do not have to do them in order to feel content or at ease that day. Absolutely. I know for myself, one thing that was super helpful was identifying the rules I was making for myself that I believed I should be doing or need to be doing. I know we did a whole episode on all the shoulds and have tos in life and identifying the truth behind those rules that we create. And I also wanted to just add on to, because I love that you mentioned one basic step, although it's challenging, is to identify what makes you feel good, what brings you joy, happiness. When I first was on this journey to just identifying the type of life that I wanted to live, I found it difficult to start off with saying, what do I like? What would I like to create more of? Because I honestly was in such a place of lack 
and that lack mindset that it was hard for me to dream big and to think bigger than what I was experiencing. So I went with instead of what am I not satisfied with? What do I often find myself wishing was different? And sometimes we can better identify what we don't want versus what we do want or what doesn't bring us joy versus what does bring us joy, especially if you're someone who has struggled with unresolved trauma that just leaves the body in such a heightened state of survival that sometimes thinking about good things and possibilities doesn't feel safe. So we don't allow ourselves to think big, to think joyful and happiness. So I found it a little bit easier to think of those things that weren't working for me. And I love the idea of just making sure that you're looking at your definitions of happiness, of success, whatever it may be, and just thinking a little bit more on okay, what do I want to believe instead? If that definition isn't working for you, you get to rewrite your story. You get to rewrite the definitions that you've carried for most of your life if they're no longer working for you. And it's certainly a lot of work and time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight and you're gonna be like, okay, let me just write that definition right now. And poof, now I believe it. It can change. It probably will change as well. I know my definition of success has changed many different times. And that definition of love as well has changed over my lifetime. I love what you said about really focusing on the things that don't feel good, because honestly, that is probably easier to point out when you're starting this whole process. Another great activity is just to list out, whether it's manually or in your head, and really envision it when you're doing it. Really envision what it would look like when you list out your dream life down to every detail, like all the small things that you would change in your current life in order to make you feel more in alignment. And then just starting to think what small changes can you start implementing in your life to start working towards creating this. Obviously, nothing is just magically done overnight. We have to take control over our lives and understand that we have the power to make these changes, but we also have to have the patience to understand that things can't happen instantaneously. I know that I have done this for many years and I am at a very content, happy place in my life, but obviously there are still things I'm working towards and things that I am not content with that I want to make changes in. I continually think about how do I want this to be? And it's kind of exciting when nothing is set in stone and you can create exactly what you want for yourself. I completely agree with that. And I get so excited because I tell myself all the time that there's no end to this journey. For some, it can seem overwhelming to hear that. And I know for me at one point it was too. But when I think about it now, I'm like, there is just unimaginable potential for me to better my life and those that are in my life along the way. And if we're not growing, if we're not evolving, then for myself, I'm not going to be 
content with it. I'm not going to be in a place of joy and happiness. And I know that there's so much more greatness for every one of us out there. And like you said, Carrie, starting with these baby steps along the way is what is going to really make sure that things explode for us at the right time. It's kind of like learning a language, I think. You don't just spend three days learning a language, then you know how to write it, you know how to read it, you know how to speak it. It's just these little baby steps, these increments along the way. And that's how I've started to look at my own process of identifying the behaviors and patterns that I'm wanting to change, the definitions that we've been talking about today, and also the type of love that I want to feel and that I want to be putting out into the world. And from both of us, I know that to all you listeners out there, we have nothing but so much love for you and are cheering you along the way as you take your own baby steps in life. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.